Hi, this is Sherman Thomas, and you're listening to the Kingdom Talk Ministries podcast. Be blessed by this sermon that you're about to hear. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, let today be that day. Enjoy the podcast. By His grace, I'd like to uh, deal with the subject, Christ, our strength and supply. Christ, our strength and uh, our supply. The verse that I would like to use, and uh, it's the entire chapter, but I'll just like to use one verse to uh, get us launched. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. And the 19th verse. And it reads, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word, your anointed word. We pray today, O God, that you would use your word to speak to our hearts, that you would minister to us today. I pray, dear God, that you would use me as your instrument today to minister grace to the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, when we would have come to the end of this time together, that you would have ministered to each heart, and that each person would leave this place, Lord, knowing that they had an encounter with you. Bless us as we turn everything over to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Christ, our strength and supply. The Apostle Paul's life was marked by trials and suffering. After his call, according to Acts chapter 9, God appeared to a disciple named Ananias, which lived in Damascus, and said to him, Ananias, Ananias responded, and the Lord said to him, Behold, I am here. No, Ananias replied, Behold, I am here, Lord. 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed. Isn't that something? Amen. Amen. God said he prayed. God heard his prayer as he prayed. And so God sent this disciple to him and uh, had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he had authority from the priest or the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And verse 16 is the verse where he says, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So, Paul, when he got his call, we know he was on the Damascus Road when the Lord met him and, amen, he was struck to the ground and he was blind and they led him to Damascus and they placed him there at Judah's house. But God saw him where he was and God sent this prophet, this disciple, named Ananias to go and to restore Paul's sight because God wanted to reveal to him how much he was going to suffer. Follow me for one moment. We today we experience sorrow, we experience heartaches, and we experience disappointments. Can somebody say amen? Paul overcame his, and we can too. Paul experienced sorrows, he overcame it. He experienced disappointments. He overcame them. Mm. We can overcome just like the Apostle Paul. But how did he overcome? Paul overcame, as we are going to see here in the earlier part of this particular chapter. He overcame by Acknowledging God's presence, acknowledging God's peace, experiencing God's peace, ex 
experiencing God's power and experiencing God's provision. Paul was able to rise above his circumstances, first of all, because he acknowledged God's presence. Somebody might say, well, God is omnipresent. Yes, he is. God is everywhere present at the same time. Yes, he is. But there is just something special about that knowledge that God is right there with you. There is just something special about knowing that what you are doing is according to the will of God. There is just something special about you as a child of God, amen, moving and knowing that the presence of God is right there with you. And you might ask, well, can we know if his presence is there? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. There are times when, amen, we just know that the Lord is there. There are times when we're just so sure that God is present right here, right now. In extraordinary ways. Now he tells us, that where the twos and the threes are gathered together in his name, that he is right there. So we all know that Jesus is here right now. Oh, Lord. And he, he is examining every heart. Jesus is here right now. And he's looking at your heart. But there is just something special about, amen, knowing that God is there and that God sanctions what we are experiencing. Can I get an amen in the house? There, there is just something special about knowing that God is right there and that God sanctions what we are doing. And so God is in charge of all that we are experiencing. You know, Peter says to us that if we suffer for the will of God, then we should take it patiently. <laughs> if we suffer according to God's will, amen, then we need to take it patiently, knowing that it is the path that he leads. He leads us sometimes in the rocky path, but the, the interesting to remember at all times is that he's the one leading. And all that we are doing is following God's presence. I want us to examine a few experiences that the Apostle Paul had. And to see how God's presence enabled him to deal with whatever 
the challenge was that he was dealing with. God's presence. Mm. In your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 20 with me for a moment. And this was Paul, Luke's record of this experience, this encounter in the life of the great Apostle Paul. That he was about to travel to Jerusalem and he testified, reading from verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of those things move me. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto me, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And then he moved on to challenge the brethren. And he said, Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of every man. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And then he said to the leaders, Take heed to the flock of God over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseer to feed the flock of God which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know that after I'm gone after my departure, grievous wolves, they're going to come in and they're not going to steer the flock. They're going to destroy the flock. And even from among you, there will be those who would rise up, start speaking things that are contrary to sound doctrine so that they would draw away people unto themselves. Are you with me tonight? Paul was about to go to Jerusalem and they were warning him and talking to him about it and he said, I know that as I go there I don't know what I will experience. One thing I know is that the Holy Ghost told me that bonds and affliction await me. That I was going to be arrested when I go there. That's what he said. They were going to shackle my hands and my feet. They were going to throw me in jail when I go there. But Paul said, none of these things move me. Think about it. None of these things move me. Today we go before the court of law as Christians. 
and we lie just so that they don't find us guilty. Am I talking to us? <laughs> Am I talking to us? But here is this man, amen, on a mission for the Lord. And he said, I am going. I don't know, amen, all that I'm going to experience. But one thing I know, the Spirit told me that I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be thrown in jail. But that didn't move me. Why? Paul had the assurance of God's presence. Mm -hmm. That God was with him. Oh Lord. It was Moses and one of his military uh, missions he was about to fight. He said to God, God, if you don't go with me, I will not go. I want you to go. I want to have the assurance that you are with me. I want to have the assurance that you are there with me. One songwriter puts it this way, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go. Matter where, if Jesus goes with me, I will go. We today, brethren, can be assured of his presence. We can be assured of the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for he says to us I will never leave you and I will never forsake you you may leave him you may forsake him but he says I will never leave you that's his commitment and I will never forsake you and some weeks ago, we, we reciprocated to that statement, amen, by confessing with our mouth that Jesus, I will never leave you. Jesus, I will never forsake you. Can I get an amen? He says to us, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Paul was able to deal with his struggles, his encounter, because he was assured of God's presence. That God was with him. As a result, he was not afraid to go up to Jerusalem Although he knew that, amen, what was awaiting him there was not good. But he nevertheless was not afraid because he knew that the Lord was with him. In Acts chapter 21, shortly after as he continued the statement, The word says, 
as Paul journeyed and reached Caesarea. He said, we tarried there many days. There came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come, I'm reading chapter 21, verse 11 now. When he was come unto us, Luke says, he took Paul's girdle and bound his hands, his own hands and feet and said, Thus said the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hand of the Gentile. And Luke said, When we heard those things, both we and they besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. They said, Paul, don't go. Because they're going to put you in prison. Paul, don't go. And they request of him and they begged him. They begged him with tears. They start crying and said, Paul, don't go. Paul said to them, why, why are you weeping now to break my heart? Why, why are you crying? You want to break my heart? You don't realize that I'm on a mission. And that the Lord is with me. And because the Lord's presence is with me, I will go wherever he wants me to go. That was Paul's testimony. God's presence was with him. And as a result of that, wherever God wanted him to go, he was willing to go. Regardless to what the consequence may be, regardless to what might be awaiting him there, he was willing to go. Because he knew that the Lord was with him. In chapter 27 of the book of Acts, there is an encounter there with Paul when he appeared before Felix and Festus and they decided to send him on to meet another official and they sent him with a lot of prisoners. We find that in Acts 27 and 28. And so as they journey, they change ship. And as they change and put them, Paul was with some 200 and odd prisoners. And as they traveled, the sea became real rough. And they began to discuss what they will do. They will try to save their own lives, but they wanted to kill all the prisoners. They wanted to kill all the prisoners. They cannot allow any of them to get away. So all 200 plus 
were going to die. But Paul, because the presence of God was with him, Paul said to them, none of us will die. Nobody is going to die. And they put out the lifeboats and, amen, they were about to uh, uh, make their escape. Paul said what? Remain in the ship. Anybody who goes out will die. But once you stay in the ship, you are going to live. Hallelujah. And the Bible said when they heard that, they cut off those lifeboats and they let them go and they stayed in the ship. God is saying to you today, stay in the ship. No harm is going to befall you. Stay in the ship. Might look rough, it might look difficult, but stay in the ship. And you know what your ship is. Stay in the ship. And if you remain in the ship, no harm is going to befall you. And the Bible tells us that as it they, they moved from that particular area. They arrived, I think the island is called Miletus, and they were able to, to dock there. And the Bible says the, the people, they were barbarians. They were hostile people, but Paul said they showed us no little kindness. They were very kind to us. But they warmed, they lit fire, and they they allowed us to warm ourselves and they took care of us and Paul went out to gather some wood for the fire. And the Bible says out of the heat a viper came and hung on to Paul's hand and the Bible says Paul just shook it off. And the people there knowing how dangerous that animal was, that creature was. They were expecting Paul to drop dead. But as they gazed at him, they realized he was still gathering wood and doing what he was doing. No harm had befallen him. I'm talking about the presence of God. Paul knew that God's presence was with him. And as a result of that knowledge, Paul was not fearful. Amen. Although everybody else was worried, Paul was not fearful. Because he knew that God was with him. Of course, the, the, the story changed. Nevertheless, Paul remained faithful, not faithful, knowing that God was with him. The Bible tells us that God is near us to help us and to strengthen us. And here in our, this passage, Paul says to us that we are to stand fast in the Lord. We are to stand firm in the Lord. And 
If you look at Philippians chapter 4, and we start from verse 1. So therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodius and beseech Sintichi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with others, my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Hear what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. In times of our troubles, brothers and sisters, we should not focus on our trouble. Can I get an amen? We should not focus on our trouble. We need to focus on the Lord. For he is the one who is able to deliver us from our troubles. But sometimes our focus is just on our troubles and it weighs us down. Oh Lord. We can never rise because 24-7 we are just focusing on our troubles. Our troubles. Our troubles. I am saying to us. Beloved brothers and sisters, that, amen, in time we just need to shift our focus from our trouble and focus on our God. There are times when we need to move away from our troubles, our mind away from it, and maybe go somewhere, somewhere that's a bit relaxing. Can I get an amen? Get yourself involved in some activity that will take your mind off of your situation. The sad thing about it is that's the time when most of us want to isolate ourselves. And that certainly is not the time to. That is the time for us to associate ourselves with others, especially you have Christian brethren. Amen. That you can fellowship with. Take your mind off of your situation. When men, brothers, get together with the brothers and play some games. Take your mind off the situation. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. It takes your mind from off of your struggle. It takes your mind from off of your problems. It takes your mind from off of your situation. And as you begin to take your mind from all of it, God begins to infuse in you that strength that you need to rise above it. Gradually rise above it. But I'm saying to us that if all that we do is just think about our struggles, our problems. 
then brother, sister, it's going to become a mountain. We have to take our minds from off of it and focus on something else. Are you still with me? Mm. It's when we do this, then we're able to experience the peace of God that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it for one moment. Think about two things. First of all, think about Jesus and his disciples out on the sea and a storm came and the boat begins to rock here and there and the people begin to get real frightened. Of course, those days, the boats are not as sophisticated as these that we have today. Where you have, you know, things where you can relax and even though it rocked, you know, it's going to come back up and things of that sort. But as the storm intensified, Jesus took his pillow and went down in the bottom of the boat and decide to take a nap. Think about it. That's, it. that's that's an odd time to think about taking a nap. But Jesus went down in there and he slept in the midst of the storm. Jesus was asleep. I think the message for us is that no matter what our storms may be in life, we can have peace in the midst of that storm. That Jesus gives a peace that transcends everything that we experience in this life. Nothing, nothing can really rise above that peace if we, amen, allow the Lord to have his way in our hearts and our lives. Jesus went to sleep in the midst of the storm. I remember during the, the hurricane, Hurricane Irma, when the water started coming in, and the water started coming in, and uh, Joy called me, and we were there, and we pushed water we, until about 12 o'clock in the night, and that's when the water started coming in. I said, you know what? I'm going to sleep. And uh, whatever water comes in, we'll push it out tomorrow. But I'm going to sleep. And I went and I slept. Because there was, Brother Aubrey, there was nothing I could have done. Water is going to keep coming. And I would be up all night pushing water. No, I, I went and I took my rest. And then when I woke up in the morning, I saw, you know, a couple of inches of water to push out now. Then we started working on that, pushing that out. But I went to sleep. Jesus slept in the midst of the storm. He went, he, he, he knew that, amen, what is going to be is going to be. So, amen, we, we can only do our part. We can only do our part. Paul, in traveling with these men, 
these prisoners. I mean, all the turmoil that was going on. Paul still had peace. He, he was at peace with himself to the point where he was able to say, listen, no worry, nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to die. He had great peace. And, and, and it's so interesting that in their desperation, the commander listened to him. Listen to the prisoner. That's odd. The commander of the ship listened to Paul and heard what he said and they decided to release all of those lifeboats and make them go. Because they believed the word that he said. Once they remained in the ship, nobody was going to die. First they thought about killing everybody, killing all the prisoners and then try to save themselves and make it ashore. Because these were people you don't want to set free. You want, you know, it's trouble if they let loose. They want to kill them. Paul said, no, nobody is going to die. God gave him that peace. God gave him that assurance. And he said, nobody is going to die. And they believed him. And nobody died. They were able to dock that ship. Amen. And all went off on dry land. Paul had the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord that was with him gave him peace. And so he was not troubled. He was not worried. He was in the same boat rocking with everybody else. And water coming in and bailing out water as we know the case would be. But he was not worried. He had peace. And no matter how rough your situation is today, no matter how difficult it is, you can have peace. You can have peace. You can have peace. Paul was able to deal with his situation because of God's presence. Because of God's peace and because of God's power. And the God whom he served is the all-powerful God. And as a result, circumstances never defeated Paul. He knew that God was all-powerful. And he has been, he's been through some stuff. At one point they stoned him, they beat him, they left him believing that he was dead. But Paul knew that the power of God was able even to raise him up. He, he believed in the power of God. And the Bible said when the disciples came and they prayed over him, they prayed over him, God brought him out alive. And you know when the Jews stone you, it's always a heap of stone. Because everybody comes with one. Nobody's no battle where they toss a lot of stone, you know. Does every man get one? And if it's a hundred people, then everybody give you that they rock. And so in that case, it's a community thing. It's no one person responsible for executing you. It's the whole community. And they stone Paul. Believing that Paul was dead, they left him there. But when the disciples came, they prayed. 
the power of God was manifested and Paul really was not dead. He was alive with all of those rocks that came on him. He was alive. Paul believed in the power of God. That God is the all-powerful God. And I say to us today that he is the same God. The same God who delivered Paul in his struggles. That same God is able to deliver you in your struggles. That God who, amen, fought for Israel is the same God of war who is able to fight for you. All you have to do is put your case in his hand and depend on him. God, I want you to fight this battle for me. God will fight it. Yes, he will. He will fight your battle for you. And you're just going to hold your peace. Amen. Amen. You're just going to relax and just trust him and see him work things out. See him fight your battle for you. You have a battle today. No matter what it is, God is able to fight that battle for you. And you're just going to hold your peace. But if you try to fight it, then you, you, you'll get yourself in trouble. Because when we try to fight them, we want to use the wrong type of weapon. Amen. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God and are pulling down. Pulling down the strongholds. Amen. But when we go our carnal way, and man, we get all agitated, we get all angry. Get all envious of others. Am I talking to somebody? Because we are not acknowledging the fact that it is a spiritual battle. That you're experiencing your challenges for the most part because you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Mm. And you have decided to live a righteous life. The Bible says all those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution so you might be persecuted today let me remind you that God is all powerful God is able to deliver you let him fight your battle for you and the Bible says when he fights your battle you hold your peace start praying some more Am I talking to somebody? The time that you would use to get yourself involved even in thinking about your enemies and what they're trying to do to you. Go to God in prayer. Turn them over to Jesus. And let him handle the case for you. Let him fight your battle for you. You stay on your knee. Stay in prayer. God has never lost a battle. And yours will never be the first. Amen. Because he's all powerful. He's going to bring you through victorious. And so Paul dealt with his struggles. Paul dealt with his challenges. Because he acknowledged that the God that he served is the all powerful God. Hmm. Is the omnipotent Lord. 
is in control of nature, he's in control of everything. And so Paul trusted him. And I'm challenging all of us today to trust this God to fight our battles for us. Let us allow him to. Paul acknowledged the presence of God and so he experienced the peace of God and he experienced the power of God. And the last thing that Paul experienced as we read in the passage is the provision of God. Mm. So he says, my God, my God shall supply all of your needs. Uh, my God shall supply all of your needs. Mm. Now Abraham Maslow covers the different realm of human needs and he started from the bottom up. Do not necessarily agree with him on everything, but you know, the basic food, shelter, clothing. The Bible says if you have food and you have what? Clothing. We should be contented. My daughter, this is not about contentment, for we are to be contented in whatever state we find ourselves. Amen. But Paul says, my God is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, there are those of us who got tied up with the word need. Mm. And we have a spiritual definition of the word need. But the word need is not a spiritual word. <laughs> so if you go back and you start do a word study of the word need, you're going to find out that the word need and the word want are used interchangeably. A need is really a want, and a want is a need. We build a whole theology around it. Say, God didn't say we'll supply your wants, he said we'll supply your need. But a need really is a want. But not just any want. A need is a good want. And I get an amen. For the psalmist said, Those who trust in the Lord shall not want any good thing. Why? Because God supplies it. So if you have a good want, consider it a need. And apply this scripture that my God shall supply what? All of your needs. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So if we follow that theology then that says, well, uh, when we think about need, it's just only food and shelter or food and clothing. So once you have those, then you will never have any need. Well, that's not realistic. Because you might 
have a need for a car, can somebody say amen? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. You might have a need for a car. Uh -huh. Oh, God, I don't want to get too far in it, but you might have a need for a car. And you might have a need for a good car, too. You'll be tired of this old one breaking down on you and embarrassing you and... Yes, sir. You want a good car. And that's a need. You have no car and it's unfaithful. You can't rely on it. You have your plans and all of a sudden you're late for your appointment because this car has its own mind and want to do its own thing. That's a need. You want something reliable. Amen. That will get you from where you are to where you need to be in a timely manner. Consider that a need. And when you go to God in prayer, you present it with confidence as a need. And remind him that his word says he is going to supply all of our needs. No, the Bible says, we have not because what? We do not have because we do not ask. And sometimes it's all thinking that we think it is presumptuous to ask God for something that we need. Oh, Lord. I say to us today, it is not. My God shall supply all of your needs. And we need to broaden the span as it relates to needs. And understand that if it's a need for you, God considers it a need. So in the context that Paul used this verse, verse 19, talking to the Philippians, he said, there was a time when you sent toward the ministry. You sent money to help me with the ministry. And uh, after a while, you stopped sending. But now that you have started again, to God be the glory. And then he said, I am not talking about this because I have any need. But I'm saying this because it goes toward your credit. What you gave go toward your credit not because you gave it to me. Because my God oh Lord my God shall supply all of my need. And for you who give unto the cause, for you who support the cause, for you who are involved in the service of the Lord, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ.
Can I get an amen in the house? I want to go back a little and qualify this idea that when it comes to need and needing quality things, I am not in any means suggesting that a young man before he buys a piece of land go and buy a car for $50,000. Probably need to say that again. I am not suggesting that a young man, before he buys himself a piece of land, go and buy one of those nice SUV for $50,000. You want to prioritize your priority. And put things in their proper order. I think the message went across. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, as you live your life as a child of God, just serve God. He takes care of the rest. But the Bible says that the, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Amen. Oh Lord Jesus, you never see that in the scripture. Amen. It is there. It is there. They die, leave it, and the just get it. So what we need to do as Christians is just serve God. Give him our all. He has a way of taking care of his children. He has a way of taking care of his own. Have you ever seen him burying anybody in there but you all pulling everything behind the hearse? No. No. You better left it here. We just need to be in the will of God. Amen. God takes care of his own. God has a way of providing for his children that Sometimes if we understand the depths of it, we would marvel. For he is the only wise God. Amen. He sees the beginning and he sees the end. There is nothing that is hidden from him. He sees everything. So I am saying to us today, my brothers and my sisters, that we are to trust this Christ, the one who is our strength and the one who supplies. He supplies peace, he supplies power, and he makes the necessary provision. Let us trust him and trust him wholeheartedly. say this in closing that before Adam sinned and before sin came into the world Adam had a job and his job was to dress and to keep the garden that God planted are you following me so far and before Adam sinned 
work was not a burden. Work was a joy. Work was a pleasure. It is because of sin why work becomes a burden by talking to somebody. For after they sinned, God said, by the sweat of your face, you're going to eat bread, and the earth is going to bring forth thorns and thistles, and uh, you, you're going to struggle in reality. But Jesus came, can I get an amen? As the last Adam to restore to man what man has lost. Oh, I don't have anybody following me. So then, having now been born again through faith in Jesus Christ, God's desire, God's plan for us is that we go back to where it was and things as they were where work is no more a burden. But work is a pleasure. You know, we work ourselves to death because we don't trust God. I think somebody would say amen. We work ourselves because we really don't trust him. Hear what Jesus says to us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. All the things that the Gentiles seek after, they're going to be added to you when you put God's kingdom first. So because you put God's kingdom first, you don't make as much money as the other person, but you live better than they do. Because your fridge does not break down for you to have to go and buy a new one. The one that you have, you have it for years. Don't, don't take it as a coincidence. It is a blessing. Because there are others who, amen, change them like every couple of years. But what? They have the money, can do it. But the Lord knows that you don't have all of that money, and so he protects what is yours. Am I, am I saying something to somebody here? God desires us as his children to just trust him, to just serve him, not to worry ourselves to death, wonder where this way comes from. Just pray. Pray and do what you need to do. And you're going to find that you live more healthy, oh Lord. Because it is the stress that brings about a lot of the illnesses that we have to deal with. Am I talking to somebody? But if we learn to just trust the Lord and do what we need to do, just trust the Lord and do what we need to do, knowing that God will never allow us as his children to go hungry. And will never allow us to be the worst. Because he is in control. He is going to provide. He is going to open doors. He is going to make a way. 
Amen. And he made those way when there seemed to be no other way. God makes a way. So as children of God, then what we really need to do is serve God. And just do what we have to do, knowing that he's in control. Amen. And the Bible says when we do what we do, we do it diligently. Can I get an amen? That we are diligent in what we are doing. But we know that God is the one who has the results. And we just serve him. He's our strength. And he's our supply. He supplies all that we need. Let us trust him to fight our battle. Let us trust him to take care of things for us. Let us depend on him. For he is God. And he cannot, cannot fail. He's God. He's God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth of your word. It is you who said your word will not return to you void. It will not return to you fruitless. It will not return to you empty. And we thank you for sending this word to your people today. Thank you, God. And I just pray that you would help each of us to just lock this word in our hearts so that we can be the people that you would have us to be. We thank you today and we praise you for what you have done, Lord, what you're doing and what you will continue to do in the mighty name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, do it before it's too late. Accept Jesus into your heart and live for him until he returns. May God bless you.